Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There is no Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. I've always been fascinated by Xantodesia, colourful callas. If you can get it flowering, it makes the most wonderful ornamental container plant. Later on, I'll be speaking to Matthew Smith, who runs Brighter Blooms, a gold medal winning exhibitor. And if you're listening to this podcast on the day of release, you can see his Xantasia at Tatton Park Flower Show today and through to Sunday. I'll be asking Matthew about the treatment needed to get good flowering and how they can make really good container plants. My thanks to Thompson & Morgan, sponsors of this podcast, and of course my producer Charlie Jones. Phew, what a scorcher. Do you know, I'm just about finished clearing plants from my front drive that came back from uh, the Chelsea Flower Show and the Gardener's World Live. Do you know, it's a job to catch up with these things. Uh, Once we get into the growing season, there's so much to do. And the thing that surprised me as I did tidy up the last few specimen shrubs and roses and things, because they all need repotting, is how dry they were. You know, I've been watering them regularly, but there are patches of compost within the container that just get so dry, they stay dry. And so I would suggest that if you do have uh, plants in pots that have been exposed to really hot, dry conditions, see if you can find a really big tub. I'm using an old uh, cold water expansion tank that came out the roof, and I filled that up with water, and I actually plunge the plants in it until the bubbles stop coming up and then repot because I know that that root ball is then really well watered and when it goes into damp compost, bigger pot and is watered again, they'll be fine. Even if you're not repotting, it is worth occasionally putting plants in containers in a plunge like that and when the bubbles stop rising then you know that's pretty well watered. Stand them in a saucer afterwards and then you catch all the run-through water. Well, the good news continues for gardeners. Uh, I see that plant sales were up by 43% right through June. Boy, that's a mighty increase uh, on the previous June. Although they tell me we're still about 1% or 1.5% behind uh, the six-month sales compared to 2017 but you know that cold weather in March and April takes some catching up but we may still just make it. Uh, Other items on the news front I was very interested to see that uh, one of our major brands Scott's Miracle Grow uh, which was operated in the UK by the Americans uh, and has now been 
bought by a new company, is to be renamed Evergreen Garden UK. Sounds balmy to me. Why anybody would want to ditch that miracle grow name which has had such powerful TV advertising over the last 10 years, I don't know. But perhaps I'll be proved wrong. I'm certainly using plenty of uh, miracle grow and all kinds of other uh, tomato foods and rose foods on the plants in containers and it pays every 10 days or so just to give plants that haven't had a slow release fertiliser mixed into the compost a little feed where plants have been allowed to get dry and, and the leaves have gone a bit small and hard then a little bit of that uh, nitrogen fertiliser in with the second watering you know you water first so that the compost is really damp if it runs straight through as it can and out the bottom the best bet is to have your container stand on a saucer because it catches that run through and then is pulled back up into the compost by capillarity so you water first and once that moisture is into the compost then you give it the dilute feed as I say once every seven to ten days and you'll certainly see the difference our guest this week is Matthew Smith of Brighter Blooms now I bumped into Matthew at a Hampton Court flower show where he had the most stunning colourful exhibit of Xantadisha what I suppose some people will call um, arums Matthew can you sort of describe the flower so that everybody knows what we're talking about Yep, hi Peter. The arum um, is sort of a, a trumpet-shaped sort of flower, uh, originally a white in colour, but the, the ones we grow now are all hybrids and with, with many different colours, uh, generally with a sort of broad, spotty, bright green leaf, really. Yeah, and then they have that yellow centre, um, the sort of sexual parts of the flower that, going up through the right. middle. I mean, m- most people will know about arums and brides and Easter and all that sort of thing, won't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a, there's a big association with that. Um, the flowers kind of move through fashions from being bridal to funeral, back to bridal, and, and very, very popular now as a, a bridal flower. Yeah. And with the modern hybrids, the colours mean that you can almost match to your wedding, you know, whatever colour you have, you, you, can, you can find a colour to actually match it. So what sort of colours are you growing? I mean, I remember particularly some of the dusky colours on your exhibit. Yeah, we, we grow a standard range for most of the shows of sort of 12 colours, um, from very vibrant yellows, uh, oranges, uh, sort of sunset oranges as well within there right through to those those darker duskier colors we have a, a virtually jet black one really you couldn't get much much darker um, and then sort of purples in between there and there is one that's a bicolor which is a, a purple and a white sort of mix they're all grown from a, a small sort of corm or tuber is that right uh, technically, they're rhizomes. Um, when when you look at them, they look very corm-like. Um, uh, but but to go down the technical line, it's definitely a rhizome. <laughs> and when when would you pot yours up for the summer shows? So we sort of stagger pot through the spring months, really, starting from about um, end of January, February time, um, when we have to use some heat just to keep things growing, really, uh, and. 
because it is a riser, we can keep it fairly dormant and delay the potting so we can hit a fresh batch of plants for every single show. Most customers, if they were planting from a rhizome themselves, uh, they'd be looking to plant more April, May time, just because it gets a lot easier then in terms of, of heating. You don't, you don't need heated greenhouses in quite the same way. And from planting to flowering, what sort of uh, time do you have? It's, it's pretty quick, actually. So if you're planting April, May time, because the conditions are warmer, you, you can have flowers within about 12 weeks. And then how long would they flower? And uh, that depends a little bit on what the weather's doing. Uh, the hotter it is, like most flowers, they will flower quicker. But individual flowers, because they're really waxy, the flowers, they kind of hold up really well, last in somewhere between four and six weeks. Right. With the more buds sort of coming through, it gives you a flush on the plant that lasts at least two months, maybe even into three months in slightly cooler conditions. You know, so they're pretty useful container plants, aren't they? Fantastic for containers. I mean, it's the easiest way to grow them anyway in a container. Uh, and that sort of flush of colour you get for, for the summer period for two or three months is brilliant in a container. Now, if somebody went to Hampton Court and bought one of your pots, or even better, by our conversation, is tempted to look in on you at... Uh, Hatton Park this week. Yep. Obviously, they need to be watered and fed, and then you just let them die down. Yeah. So, if they were buying a plant straight off, off or straight away as a fully grown sort of thing, it actually makes sense to pot them on slightly immediately because um, we were limited to what pot size we can go up to for the shows for transport and things. Pot onto a slightly bigger pot, nice free draining compost. That'll just give it space to fill out a little bit. Uh, then, when we get to the colder weather, autumn time. October let's say as it's starting to cool down you just stop watering it then and and it will die back naturally uh, and we go into a complete dormant season then so the plant disappears completely leaves flowers everything goes uh, and the rhizome is what we're looking to protect which we can do either in the pot or we can't we can lift the rhizome a bit like you'd lift a dahlia tuber um, uh, but store it away dry and frost free that's your main key for getting through the winter and then in the spring, would you shake some of that old compost off if they've been stored in the pot? You don't have to as such. You could actually leave it in that same pot. We would then maybe go up another pot size, sort of an inch or two bigger, just to give it a little bit more space, a bit of fresh compost around there. Um, and as long as we feed then right through the growing season, so as soon as the first leaves come up, we feed with something like a, a tomato feed. Uh, it's ideal. That's, they seem to respond really, really well to tomato feed. There's, there's no need to repot sort of every year as such. And how often then would that would you give them that tomato feed? I'm They're quite greedy actually. So um, feeding every couple of weeks at least really during the growing season. So as soon as those first leaves appear and become a proper leaf, feeding the, every two weeks right through to about the end of August um, really helps with the flowering side of things. Yes, because, it, I mean, in the past and I'm talking, I'm afraid, quite a long time ago when we didn't have quite the colour range that uh, you were certainly putting on display uh, at Hampton Court. Uh, I had some difficulty getting them to flower the second time and it was probably because I wasn't feeding enough, do you think? Uh, probably. We, we see um, a lot of customers come back to us actually in the second year after they've overwintered them 
and sort of say to us it shows it's not flowering we've got all these lovely leaves but but it's not flowering first question we ask have you fed it and you can usually see <laughs> yeah, yeah you can usually see by their expression straight away um, wh- whether they um have fed it or not and on the whole most people may have given it some food a lot of people won't even thought about feeding it because people forget about feeding bulls um they just think well it's a bull that's going to do everything i think i think they forget about feeding everything (laughs) well true true (laughs) um and then we'll we'll give them the advice to feed uh regularly they'll they'll do that through this growing season and because they haven't fed at all they, they probably won't see flowers that particular growing season but they come back to us in the third year at the shows and say yeah we did that and it's back in flower it's beautiful again so it, it really does show that that feeding helps massively. I mean, you've been pretty successful with them, haven't you? Gold medals. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we have built up um, sort of nicely over the years, really. We've been displaying since 2010. Um, and we've definitely got better both at growing them and displaying them. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we've had a, a string of, of fairly reasonable medals, really. Um, we've, we're on our fourth gold medal at Chelsea in a row now, so... Um, well, you can't get much better than that, can you? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm always, I'm always tempted to give up. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, if you're not careful, you can only go down. Yeah. I know, yeah, there is always that worry. And, and this year, it has been a tricky growing season, to be honest. Um, what with the, the cold spring start uh, in the greenhouses, it was so cold, they had to heat quite a lot. And then um, suddenly it went so hot. And, and even though they are a South African plant uh, and like the heat, there is a limit to everything growing in a pot, really. <laughs> and those extremes, you know, when you oh. go from cold and poor light to yep. very hot and strong light, then it puts most plants under all kinds of pressures, yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely been tricky, really, but um, we've sort of been growing for, for that long now that sort of all the experience kicks in, I guess, and, and we, we still produce a, a nice plant, um, which, uh, which customers should do very well with still. And why were you attracted to them in the first instance? The business I started was totally going to be an online sort of business was the idea. And um, we decided that was very competitive very quickly. And I needed to do something during the summer. And um, actually, one of my Dutch contacts I had, he was dabbling around with these at the time and sort of said, why don't you have a look at these? And I spoke to a few people at the shows. That's kind of the first port call I went to. Nobody else was displaying them, um, which was a very important thing for us. We, you know, no competition out there as such. And um, we thought they'd display very, very nicely. There wasn't a massive demand for them, but um, we thought that there, there should be really because they're such a, a stunning plant and reasonably easy to grow. Um, uh, so it was more that that drew us than anything, to be honest. Um, and then we looked into, you know, how many different colours there were and, and what breeding was going on and saw there was a pretty decent breeding programme going on and um, we thought, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's let's start displaying them. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's quite a success story you know, for a young man coming into our industry. I mean, you, you started with um, a spring bulbs. I seem to remember tulip displays from Brighter Blooms, don't I? Yeah, we, we have done tulip displays um, because we sort of want to do most of the flower shows in those earlier 
um, season. So you sort of you got a couple of flower shows in April time, including the RHS Cardiff Spring Flower Show. It's too early for me to get the Zontoleski ready. Um, we'd have to burn so much fuel and artificial lighting and things like that. And, and you don't produce a great plant when you're growing under conditions like that. So we decided um, that starting with tulips at the beginning of the season to fill that sort of uh, time zone really nicely. So, yeah, we've displayed for five years down at, at Cardiff, uh, again, with a string of gold medals down there, really, for, for tulips. I mean, you had some beautiful blooms there uh, when I made the visit, you know, really stunning size. And when you grow tulips under a bit of protection, they have a, a slightly softer colour, don't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, we actually try and grow most of them as hard as possible, the tulips. So we do keep them outside for most of the time. But then if the season's sort of running a bit late, like it was this year, certainly, we, we have to move them inside just to, to burst things through a little bit. And yeah, yeah, you're right. You do get a bit of softer colour from that. You don't get quite the intensity. But you, you, they still look great, really. You know, I think it's an amazing story. And most of your trade will either be direct at flower shows or, as you say, on the net. You have a couple of open days, don't you? We do have a couple of open days, yes. Um, uh, and we hope to have more in the future. So we have a very early open day in February time, which is uh, more related to sort of bits of veg growing and, and seed potatoes and things like that, which, which fit into that time of year, which is all within the bulb industry, really. So um, we, we sort of have the, the dahlias and the, the summer flowering bulbs at that as well. So it's all sort of lumped into that bulb industry. But the, the most exciting open day, which actually was the first one we did this year, was a tulip open weekend. We did two, two uh, days over a Saturday and Sunday where we had around about 60 varieties of tulips on display for people to come and look around and um, uh, sort of rather than having to look in a catalogue, they could see them physically there on the ground. And uh, if they wanted to place orders, they could do. And we had other bits of plants for sale and things. And we've got the allotment of the garden down here as well for people to look around. So... It was uh, it was a really good day, actually. Well, now, Matthew, uh, if people want to actually see pictures of what we're talking about, if they go to your website, which is yeah. brighterblooms.co.uk, they can see you and, yeah. and some of the things uh, that you're growing and showing. They definitely can, yeah. We've got the full range of everything on there. Um, and obviously, if they're interested in ordering Zantoreski rhizomes to, to try themselves earlier in the year, uh, to grow them we, we have them on there as well so yeah. well we wish you luck at tatton park matthew and thanks for joining us today no problem thank you very much indeed now what's on at uh, harlow car garden uh, up in yorkshire the rhs garden uh, i see that they have uh, an introduction to scything now as a young man I'm afraid we used to use the scythe. It was before the days of uh, rotary mowers. I suppose there might have been a few Allen scythes knocking about. And, and the message always by the old boys to us youngsters was, keep the heel down. Uh, in other words, you have uh, the base of the blade on a scythe well down and the tip of the blade just up a bit. And then when you swing in a semicircle movement, you don't stub the point in the ground and take the edge off the side. So uh, those of you who want to have a go, pole dark style, then perhaps you should be shooting up to Car on the 20th. On the 21st and 22nd, then it's the Sweet Pea Show 
at uh, Thomas Stania Hall at High Street, Wem. I'm afraid my sweet peas, and I would imagine many down in the south and southeast, have been pretty well burnt up and the stems are getting very short. Uh, but uh, up there in the uh, northwest uh, and West Midlands, hopefully there'll be some really wonderful, fragrant sweet peas to see. Thanks again to our sponsor, Thompson and Morgan. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.